Hey there, leader. Today, today is October 11th, 2022. And today on Leadership Lost and Found, we're going to talk about missed leadership opportunities, how to identify them, how to avoid them, and how to recover from them. On October 11th, 2002, in this day in history, our former president, James Earl Carter, won the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts in creating peace throughout the world. Or peanuts. Or, or hand lots of peanuts yeah. and nuclear engineering. Mm, that's right. Yeah, he was. He, um, was, a, he was a naval he was. officer. Yeah. yeah, he actually one of the highest IQs of U.S. presidents since they were measured. Yeah. But the reason we're bringing him up is because there were a number of missed leaper leadership opportunities. Words are hard. Leadership opportunities for our former president, not the least of which was not getting the Speaker of the House, Tip O'Neill, enough tickets for the inauguration and failing to tell key members of the Democratic Congress, Congress, of which he was the party's head, advance notice before he showed up in their districts, causing consternation and leadership opportunities. So as usual, Randy, go ahead and let's frame this up. What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about learning from our mistakes, most importantly as leaders, when we have failed to do what we perceive to be the right thing at the time, and the results of it, and the lessons that we learn from it. So missed leadership opportunities. Much like Jimmy Carter, not getting influential people the few things they needed to show up at a very important event, or gaining coalition, gaining uh, collaboration with the people that he was leading. Yeah, you know, there's so much there. So when we define leadership, and we've done that in other podcasts, But leadership at its heart is influence, right? Mm -hmm. Shared goal, influence. There's all sorts of different definitions, but they all contain those two words, or those three words. Math is hard, too. Uh, Influence and shared or common goal. And so a missed leadership opportunity is a time when you could have exerted influence towards that shared goal, right? Mm -hmm. Be it a project goal or the values of a company or something like that, but you had an opportunity you missed it. So, and I'm going to test you here, Randy, mm. because we love story time here on yes. Leadership Lost Found Podcast. I would love to hear from you a time where you had a missed leadership opportunity. Well, you know, we lead in different areas of our life, first and foremost, you know, as a family. So the first, I think, big leadership failure I had was ba- gaining consensus with uh, the boss at the time when I was going to make a significant change, and that was a job change. <laughs> so back in 20, 2003, I applied for, I'd been at the USA Jobs Gov website numerous times, had gone over time and again looking for different opportunities. I applied for, was accepted, and all I had to do was show up in person in Washington, D.C., And I would have been the senior systems administrator for the Library of Congress. It was a GS-14 job. I had five-point veteran preference. I had chapter, verse, resume, sculptures, you know, (laughs) everything that was needed. You you were a GSG, just like a spice like Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I was was a GSG-20, you know, whatever. (laughs) But anyway, I had everything. All I had to do was show up. But what I didn't have was consensus with my partner and my wife. Because when I told personal leadership, yeah, when I told her, "Hey, got this job, dream job, into the into the you know GS ranks, just one 
rank shy or two ranks shy of the senior executive service, can retire, blah, blah, blah. And my wife said, I'm not moving to D.C. You can move to D.C., but I'm not. it was very awkward. And I heard this wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and so uh, my dream job was to work for NASA. But anyway, let, long story short, I failed to get consensus, just like Jimmy Carter failed to get consensus with his Democratic Party. I failed to get consensus with my party that I was going to step out and do this new thing and kind of sprung it on her, and she shot it down pretty quickly. So there's there's a thing in science, life, whatever you want to call it, um, called double loop learning. Sometimes it's called AOR, or action observation. Double secret pr- probation? Is that <laughs> yes. <what? laughs> um, action, action observation and I can't remember what, remediation? I can't remember what the, the R stands for. But essentially it is taking a moment to see what you did and learn from it. Mm-hmm. And, and here, dear listener, hi, Mom. <laughs> um, here, dear listeners, where we want to impart a little bit of wisdom is that the most important part about missed leadership opportunities is that you identify them. Mm-hmm. And you need to, ah, uh, the R stands for reflection, mm. uh, action, observation, and reflection. Stick your head in the past as an observer and see what happened. Mm-hmm. And, and remove your bias, remove your ego, which mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things, especially for those who feel they should be a leader, I must be a leader, right. I should be in charge. I'm never wrong. Yeah. I'm take, always right. Taking your ego out of it and looking at that missed leadership opportunity from an objective, bias-independent way, especially you know from your ego, and saying, what could I have done differently? How would that outcome have been? Now, don't live in it. Don't wallow in it. That's wrong. That will get you nothing but heartache. But learn from it and say to yourself, next time, the next time I get a job offer mm. that could potentially be in Washington, D.C., I will say, Chris, hey. <laughs> you, are you okay moving? <laughs> what, yeah. How do you feel about humid summers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think about beltway traffic? <laughs> well, that, that's one of the things that we have to be able to genuinely, as you said, reflect on our decisions and in an unbiased way take ownership for our failures. Uh, too often, especially the higher up you go in the corporate ladder, um, the more ego that's involved and the more it can get in the way of your decisions. Yes. So being able to be unafraid to say, hey, could you come here for a minute? We just had this meeting. I'd love to know what you think about it. And trying to get people that aren't afraid to tell you the truth. All too often, we put people around us as leaders, maybe who want to tell us what we want to hear yeah. versus people who are not afraid. Jim, those pants don't make you look fat at all. <laughs> it's the fat that makes you, <laughs> you look, look fat. fat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, that, that's a really good point. You know, I, I struggle a little bit with, well, here, I'll, I'll, it's better personified or better told in the story. You're not fat. You look great. Many, years, <laughs> many, 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 many years ago, uh, I was a young leader, a vice president at a large Midwestern bank, or uh, what we used to call ourselves. We had a term for it. Prison? Central United no, States. Sorry. I can't remember what you Midwest. Prison bank. The Midwest. Midwest. Yeah, very good. Um, and we had the head of retail bank. It doesn't matter what his name was. It certainly wasn't Peter. And we were on a conference call with about 50 people. Now, this guy is the heir to the throne to the seventh largest institution, banking institution at the time in the United States. 
And, it, and I was just relating this to a guy today, one of my coworkers today, and somebody made a comment and he said, well, no, that's not how it's going to work here. And I remember the person on the phone who said it, well, just, he said, and we had a big tower. He said, just how far down the tower do you think your power reaches? And to which this executive said, what floor are you on? Mm. And he said, 11? He goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll get there, right? Mm. And in that moment, and I remember thinking, okay, first of all, that was one of the, my favorite CLMs, career-limiting moves, that I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. That guy put his head in the bear's mouth and wondered why I bit it off. Yeah. But the other thing was is that that head of retail, he had a missed leadership moment. Mm. His ego got the best of him, and he had to, excuse the expression, show his stuff, Right. And, and be the big man. When he should have said was, hey, buddy, if you think this is an issue, talk to me. Yeah. Let me know how it can be better. Or I tell you what, you know how to get a hold of me. Call me after this call is done. Let's talk about what the things the issues are. And then he could have privately said, by the way, you're a jackass. And I could have smited you, my mighty smiter, but right. I did not. Next time you get the horns, buddy. Yeah. 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 And it was a missed opportunity. And it was his ego because he was the number two heir apparent got in the way well all, all too often you know when we are met with opposition or angst we reply in kind with opposition and angst i used to date them they're twins you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but that's not how we should reply being the better person the bigger person setting the example taking the high road you you can tolerate because you are who you are you can tolerate a little bit of disrespect you can just because someone's disrespecting you, someone's challenging you, doesn't mean you need to hit them with a hammer. In fact, that's your opportunity to draw some things out of them because one of two things, they're either responding with the angst that they are because they're so fed up yeah. with how messed up this is. You don't understand, Jim. You just got right. <laughs> or, you know, they're off their meds, right? That could be they it too. Always right? or, or they could just be antagonistic. But you want to get to the the... the the crux of why are they responding like that? The crucial conversation. Yeah, you've hit a nerve. Yeah, I want to. I want to get leave the silence and the violence behind it. I want to get to that, you know, gooey cream-filled center. You know, I, I I think it's really interesting, and and you bring up a good point. Fear is a big part of this, and and it's wrapped around our ego, and all that. And I'm I'm going to challenge every one of you on here, mom, that's listening. That leadership, going back to that definition, is influence towards a common goal. It is not Jim's the big man on campus. Right. It is not that Randy is right. So if you can keep what, and Kevin Wilson, get out of my head, start with the end in mind. What's the goal of this? Mm -hmm. And if it is anything other than Jim's the winner or Jim's the big man on campus, then focus on that. So when somebody says something, you know, and I know it's hard, and this is a big part of emotional intelligence is being able to regulate your emotions and respond accordingly. Take a moment, deep breath. Think about the goal. What is the goal I'm trying to get here? How do I get Bill or Phil or Joe or Mary or, or whoever to the goal? Mm -hmm. And is it having a crucial conversation or is it going, you know how far my power reaches? To your floor, right? Yeah. I, it gets you nowhere. No, and... And, you know, we, those moments are defining for us because when we, we think in our mind, I should have said this, I should have said that, I should have said this, 
that's detrimental when it's like you should have said this to make yourself look better or you should have said this to put that other person down. That's not what you should be focusing on. It should be the outcome. What could I have done differently to get them a little closer to where I needed them to go? Building coalition as leadership is important because this is not high command and control times. Those times are over. The times where he said, do it because I said so. Because I said so. Are over. Because I'm your father, damn it. And in fact, now the time when you finally have a title, right? And you're finally where you wanted to be. But titles don't matter anymore. It's all about influence. And literally, you could have someone that's more influential in the middle part of your organization yes. than your senior level people. One of, the guy, one, of the, one of the guys I've become good friends with, he and I were talking and I said, you know, he and I were talking about leadership and influence, and I said, how do you do this? And he goes, I'll be honest with you. He's been in his organization so long, he avoids the senior leaders because they're almost a number of them are transitory. Mm. They come and they go. They come and they go. He says, the ones I work with are the ones that get the work done. Mm-hmm. The ones who you know are, are director level, you know, middle sen- management, yeah, senior yeah. IC level that can actually get things done. Who interpret and have the what's the word I'm looking for the the leeway to get things done? And he says, I build relationships there. I wield influence there. So when my boss comes to me and says, Hey man, I need this done. I go, You got it. Give me a day, mm-hmm. and it gets done. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have to kick off a project or have a political fight. He's built enough capital. He doesn't see the value in those senior leaders because they're up there. And his organization can be this way. They're up there posturing. Mm-hmm. And it's such a waste, such a waste. Well, you can also force posturing. I've done that. That's a failure in my career that I did where I forced posturing. I am also guilty of that. As long as she says, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I, I forced posturing. <laughs> it's that good Catholic <laughs> guilt, Jim. There's nothing better than good Catholic guilt than to get you to change Aren't something. you coming over Christmas? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but, you know, uh, when you... When you force those things, it's never good. It's never good. Take the extra time. You know, again, we think projects die and fall on a particular date. It's the outcome. You know, one of the things I, I tell my teams in particular now, I said, look, they'll never remember if the project was delayed two weeks. No, they will not. But if it was crap when it was done, they'll remember, they will remember that. If there was an outage after deployment, right. they will remember. Yeah. You know, a little bit of pain right now will go a long way when on delivery day it's done. Some of the, the times also where I failed is failure to have the crucial conversation or to have that, that tough conversation early enough. Yeah. You, you know what? It is difficult. Look, every, everybody's got their armor. We all do. And those who don't are, are highly emotionally intelligent people. And they're, you know, probably been through a, a schnikey ton of therapy. Um, but those that don't, you know, we all have our armor, right? And so if I come at you and go, hey, Randy, I, I want to talk to you about this, their armor's going to go up. If you do it with something that, that has emotion wrapped around it, their armor gets even thicker, even higher, even taller and stronger. The earlier you do it and you go, help me understand. Mm. You know, I, I see you're reluctant to talk yeah. to me about that. And help me understand why you wouldn't want to partner with Joe or, or Bob or whatever. What, one of the best interview questions you can ask a potential leader for your organization is this in the interview process. Just ask them, 
What was the greatest mistake you've ever made, and how did you recover from it? That's a, okay. So this was not rehearsed. We, those, never, we never rehearse this, yeah. as you all know, because it's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> those of you who know who've ever been interviewed by me know that I say, tell me a time in your professional history when you failed. Do you really? Yes. <laughs> See, it's cool. Outstanding. That's, that's the, I've always asked that question. Here's, here's the thing. Here's what I love. Here's what I love. When the person laughs and then begins to tell me that moment, just so you know, you're hired. <laughs> just saying so my favorite you're is, hired my favorite is oh god there's so many yeah well yeah right some sort of self-deprecating thing well, but when they look at you like oh my gosh you know about that like their eyes are i you know a pie eye. Uh, i'm like, I'm like ding, 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 okay ding. did we really do a background check on this person like, <laughs> like, we've already called your references they've rolled on you yeah, yeah. faster than a witness protection <laughs> you, you know i i love that and that is that those are called behavioral interview questions, and it goes with that AOR double loop learning, meaning that what's really important is the reflection. Did you get into a bad situation and learn from it? Mm-hmm. So there's so much to be, and we're getting into interview questions, which could be a podcast in its own. All on its own. All yeah, on its yeah, own. Yeah. But getting into that, you know, does this person have the, the state of mind to objectively look at what they've done and assess it? And learn from it. Yeah. And if they don't, that's a huge red flag. I've had a couple interviews. You know, honestly, nothing comes to mind. Hmm. <laughs> well, then either you haven't done enough. You've Not always played it hired. safe. Yeah, you've yeah. played it safe. Or you're a gigantic narcissist. Either way, you are not hired. Well, and one of the things I appreciated about my Army leadership training was after every engagement. They were. The, they was that the 171st Airborne? 101st. 101st. Screaming the, Eagles. Yes, not the Air Force. Yeah, the Screaming yeah, Eagles. That's right. Ah! Ah! Anyway, what... what, what one, of, <laughs> one of the... Uh, I love him. I lo- that's why I let him do it. That's why I let him do it. Anyway... Um, oh, at, by the way, November November 11th is coming. Marine Corps is. birthday. Hoorah. Yeah. Semper Fi to all you Marines out there. All right, yep. keep going. Yeah, you can eat cake. And not cut a- not, uh, not guns. You eat cake. <laughs> Eat cake. Why, then why does the army give them claymores that say "Do not eat" that's, on the front? It's a whole other thing. <laughs> anyway, AARs, after action reports, yeah. are something that we did after every engagement, after every mission. Everybody sat around, top rank to bottom rank, and said what went well, what didn't go well, how did that work, and and you know, well, the time when Lieutenant Dan screamed like a girl when when the when the uh, armadillo got in his way and he thought it was a monster. Right, there was no taboo subject, and being able, yeah, being able to be vulnerable, to ask the questions for you to go to your team, and say, hey, we had this departmental meeting. I presented on this. What's your feedback? I I need to know it. Having a few key people that you can go to, and say, what were your impressions of that? And you know, they're not going to, you know gaslight you they're not going to blow smoke yeah. they're going to give you authentic feedback which you want and and the thing is do okay. not respond take notes i've seen leaders do this i saw one of my top leaders do this here recently when i challenged them on something the person took out a pen and was taking notes didn't respond took notes and that made a huge impression on me because i knew they were listening 
And listening to understand yeah. as opposed to respond is a crucial leadership skill. And if you think you have it, you just say, yeah, I've got that. You're full of it. You don't have it. It is something you have to remind yourself every day. And the thing is, too, when you feel that surge of energy where you're upset because something you're somebody that works for you, you is should saying, lash out. Oh, wait, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, totally different podcast. No, that's where you need to center yourself even more because they're probably touching on your blind spot or your taboo. And that's where you need to really think okay, this person is either doing something that is inappropriate and unjustified or they're touching. My blind spot. Show me in the doll where they right? touch you. No. Well, but I mean, that's the thing. That's when we lose it as leaders. We, and we have this moment. Uh, where blind we, rage. Where we can. There is, there is, those of you who have been in IT or, or other areas like this, there's a root cause vernacular or, or technique framework called the five whys. And you, when you feel that feeling come along. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, feeling come along. If you can't do five whys, stop talking, right? Why do I feel this way? Well, he talked about, you know, being useless. Why do you feel that way? Well, why, you know, and if you can't get to it, you're better just taking notes and keeping your mouth shut and reflecting on it, full circle, reflecting on it later and figuring out what that means. I, I am telling you, every missed leadership opportunity is a lesson that makes you a better leader. You just have to mine it. You know, Bitcoin mining analogy, you've got it right there. Mm-hmm. You just gotta just gotta be deliberate and grind on it and get it out. And you can. Well and it goes back to we we have a podcast on this as well, feedback versus criticism. What you need is feedback. Yeah that you really sucked in that by the way. Yeah thanks. Yeah. You want the feedback. Because here's the thing, as a leader and and in the leadership mentoring programs that I do, what's going to happen as a leader is you're going to be attacked on one of two things, your capability or your character. One of those two things are going to get attacked. He's no good or he's an asshole. Right. And the thing is, you've got to discern too, is this person giving me feedback or are they being critical? It's real easy to say critical. Again, you need to go feedback, feedback, feedback as long as you can until it's you can't you can't refute it anymore that it's critical to take that in because you need that as a leader because again the higher up you go the less and less people have the courage to, to give, give you that feedback to you. Yeah. as a matter of fact that I know we're running out of time Randall but tonight we had the uh, extreme pleasure of of having drinks with an old friend that yes. we both used to work with and uh, his name we'll call him Ernie yes we'll call him the urn master general um, you know, and I asked him tonight, I said, you did. I said, what did I do well? And what did I do poorly when you were on our team? And he, he was pretty forthcoming. He was because what, well, here's the thing, even though he's honest as usual anyway, but he also no longer works for you. <laughs> right. And, and no repercussions. And I'll tell you what leader, go seek that feedback from people that you have no sway over. Yeah. And not only that, even, you know, you can go to your boss and say, how am I doing? There is a little bit of giving feedback. You, you, yeah. You, most bosses. It's tainted. Yeah. They don't. Okay. He's going to get upset if I say. Right. You know, y- your armpits smell. Right. So finding somebody that has no skin in the game whatsoever in your organizational chart 
is really good. Every time you do a presentation, you got to find that person. And I've got two or three, and they, you know who you are, and those people are vital. All right, Randall, I think we are out of time, sir. You got to wrap us up. We are. So, dear leader, do not be afraid to open the door on your mistakes and look them square in the eyes and get feedback because that, in turn, is how we become better. It's the only way you learn. Mm. So, with that, everyone, you have 24 minutes now where you have spent eating a sandwich, getting a coffee, and now uh, twiddling really your thumbs. You really overestimate the number of people that eat sandwiches these days. Yeah. I'm Randy Fields. I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep, keep leading. leading.